Hello. I hope that you've enjoyed our study of the book of Habakkuk so far. Today, as we come to the last chapter, the last part of his conversation with God, I wonder what has stood out to you, what's been most helpful, maybe what's been confusing or just not made sense. Well, I hope our reflections together today will begin to unpick any confusions and help us all as we endeavour to develop a new confidence in prayer, as Habakkuk did, and not just in prayer, but in our faith too. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we come to this last study of your conversation with Habakkuk, we ask again that you would clearly speak to our hearts and minds. Help us to see how his conversation with you speaks to our everyday faith as we prepare ourselves for the future you have planned. Amen. Perhaps the first thing to note about this last chapter as we look at it are its opening and closing words. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shigianoth and for the director of music on my stringed instruments. These words remind me of the titles and instructions of many of the Psalms, suggesting that what is enclosed between these phrases is something like a psalm, words to be sung and accompanied by musical instruments, in this case, stringed ones. I wonder why this is important, why it's included in our text. We could spend the whole sermon looking at this, at just what this chapter suggests to us about our worship. But suffice to say at this point, Habakkuk has been on a journey with God in his conversation. He's gone from being the prophet speaking on behalf of the people to God with his, perhaps their, complaint. Does God even hear my cries against so much injustice? To a prophet who realises that actually God really does have everything in hand and he just needs to be patient. He goes from complaint to praise as he really perceives, understands what God is doing. This changes Habakkuk. He now knows that God now has to be his focus for worship, not his or Judah's problems. At the beginning of the book, Habakkuk wants God to come and wipe out his enemies. Following his conversation with God, however, his greater desire is for God's majesty to be proclaimed, whilst wiping his enemies out too, maybe. What is our desire in worship? I wonder if sometimes our focus and desire may be in something other than God, and perhaps we too need to remind ourselves that we come to really worship God in the time and space we set aside for it. A sermon for the future, perhaps. But back to chapter 3. One thing is certain. Habakkuk was in awe of the things God had done before. Verse 2. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. And he wanted them to be repeated again for his people, the Judeans, not to be just a history lesson, but a reality right there and then. Repeat them in our day, in our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Have you ever prayed like that? Pleaded with God for something? Please God, do it right now. I know I have. So how did Habakkuk cope with the fact that God clearly tells him that is not going to happen? God is not going to be a warrior champion for his people this time. In fact, the very opposite was to be true. He's going to bring about their downfall by a sworn oppressor, the Babylonians. One commentator I read says, How could Habakkuk have such unshakable faith when his beliefs about God were being so deeply challenged? The best answer, it seems to me, is that faith and beliefs are not the same thing. 
and as a consequence, Habakkuk doesn't ask for anything more in his prayer at all. In our everyday conversations in the 21st century, we often use these two words interchangeably, but I suspect it's more helpful to separate them. Faith can be unshakable, can't it? We see a chair with four legs and a comfy seat and we do not hesitate to have faith that the chair will support us if we sit on it. A similar chair with a wonky leg and a broken back will almost certainly lead us to believe it is not safe to sit on it. Our beliefs can change and develop, can't they, as we learn new things about life, i.e. wonky chair legs means an unsafe seat. Habakkuk discovered this for himself. He had confidence and trust in God. So can we. Even when life seems really tough, God promises that he will be with us no matter what. This is faith. Our beliefs, however, are about God. They describe him, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. In other words, we have faith in God and beliefs about God. This is important. Our beliefs about God must not become the object of our faith. What do I mean? Well, think back. Have you ever read a Bible passage that you know you've read many times before and yet suddenly you see something you've never seen before? The Bible hasn't changed, but you have. You've grown and developed in your faith journey. God is showing new things to you. Habakkuk learned that the part, the God of history, the God who had done battle for his people in the past, could behave differently in the future. He could save his people in different ways. His beliefs about God changed, but his faith in God remained unshakable. As we move on through the psalm, Habakkuk reminds himself and us of the majesty, power and glory of God. This is similar to other prophets' poems, Micah chapter 1 and Nahum chapter 1, for instance. The basic message is that when God comes to confront the evil of humanity, everyone will know and pay attention. Verse 6, he stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. It's almost as though Habakkuk is describing a future exodus like the one from Egypt centuries before. But as we read on, notice the change of pronoun in verse 8 from he to you. Habakkuk has recounted what he knows, believes about God, but now he turns to his faith in God and can therefore dare to ask him how he feels about all the bad stuff going on in the world. All those things that the five woes of chapter 2 identified, the extortion and stealing, the unjust gain and ruin of others, the slave labour and violence, the irresponsible drunken leaders and the idolatry. Habakkuk sees the anger of God with all this injustice, but also perceives, really understands, that even though God makes everything shake, chapter 3 verse 12 says, in anger you thrust threshed the nations. A society based around agriculture would have understood the power and strength required to thresh wheat before there were machines. God also is going to deliver his people and his anointed one. This is a reference to the king from the line of David and we all know who that is, don't we? Habakkuk's praise reaches such a crescendo. He is so excited about his newfound deeper faith in God that he almost runs the risk of letting his emotions get the better of him. Verse 16, I heard and my heart pounded. 
My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. He is physically shaking as he realises the strength of his belief about God's power that can overturn the oppression of the Babylonians in the blink of an eye, just like the overthrow of the Egyptians in the Red Sea all those years before as Moses led the people of God to safety. Habakkuk's response to this? Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Lord, I don't care how long it takes. Seems very different to how long, Lord? What a change in the man. Even if the world is falling apart with food shortages or drought or war or whatever, Habakkuk is going to continue to have faith in God, not just believe things about God. He knows him now, knows him personally as he learns and is for us an example of how the righteous live by faith. Habakkuk began as a man in a valley with a short-sighted view of what was going on around him. He was miserable, frustrated and angry that God wasn't doing anything that he could see and rejoice in. Everything was robbing him of the vision God was trying to show him. In fact, ultimately robbing him of his relationship with God. I don't know about you, but I know this can be true for me too when everything around me seems to be going wrong. Another commentator said, When the fig tree stops blossoming, when the vines have no grapes, when there are no sheep in the fields and no cattle in the store, when there is economic disaster and you don't know where the next meal is coming from, when there is nothing outside you to encourage you, when things seem bleak, blank, when there's no encouragement whatever through your physical eyes, what do you do? Habakkuk reminded himself that regardless of all this, he would indeed rejoice in God, his saviour. Can you? Habakkuk realised that his faith in God would hold him. It doesn't matter what his emotions are doing, what the circumstances around him are right now, or look like they might be in the future. His faith in God is all that matters for him now and for always. Always. Verse 19, now it is, as, it is as if he has the feet of a deer. Have you seen deer in the Middle East? Habakkuk clearly had, leaping from rock to rocky outcrop, sure-footed but with matchstick-like legs and tiny hooves. They jump from bare rock to higher bare rock, almost without a care in the world, it seems. This is where Habakkuk is now. It's not that he has an emotional high. Far from it, he is now clear-headed, sure-footed and light-hearted. He has discovered new beliefs about God, but much more importantly, he has deepened his faith in God. Habakkuk has taught us much more about prayer in these last six weeks. The complaining to God is quite possible. How long, God, before you will act? Then there is that difficulty of not understanding what God is doing when it doesn't fit with what we expect. Why do you? Why are you? We've learnt that sometimes God needs us to really look to understand what he's doing. What do you see? And that when we don't seem to understand, he can ask us again, where is your faith? When we finally realise and take that deep breath of faith, then we can say to the Lord, in that case... 
we can recommit ourselves to him. Habakkuk's sighing turns to singing, desperation turns to praise, reviewing the past to see what God has done and letting that speak to the present brings him to a deeper faith in God. In all the mess and turmoil of life just as present, as we begin to come out of the restrictions, some of us will be relieved, some will struggle. Jesus knew that we would need courage and guidance as we face our every day, and perhaps now more than ever we need to have faith in the Holy Spirit to help us. We do not know what our future holds. Look around and see the despair, destruction, injustice, disease, environmental issues that fill our news headlines. But we can have faith in God that one day it will all be different. One day the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Let's take Habakkuk's lead. There will be problems and obstacles along the way, yes. But nevertheless, will you pray like Habakkuk? Allow God to speak to you about what he is doing so that then you can say, like me, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. Amen.